man this is firm fatherhood uh we wanted to jump on here real quick man and uh and uh give you guys a shout out and tell everybody happy father's day uh we recorded this episode uh a little while back but we thought it was perfect for this weekend to release it to show all the different faces of fatherhood so we want to kind of give it to you guys but not without extending a hearty healthy loving happy father's day to all the brothers and all the fathers out there doing a great job and fighting a good fight you know yes sir yes sir we often uh do the work and don't get the recognition so uh here to give everybody their flowers while they can still smell them so happy father's day to everybody love and appreciate everything that y'all do for not for your not only for your family but for the community as a whole want to recognize that so nothing but love that's definitely what's up man so love that tie love that ugly pair of socks hey whatever it is man y'all don't stop fighting the good fight Keep being great fathers and quit, keep being great pillars in our community. Uh, we appreciate it and we see you. Happy Father's Day, everybody. Yes, sir. Happy Father's Day. Bye, bye, bye. Oh, man, what's, what's been good with you guys as kids, man? What's all the, what's the newness? There's not a lot of newness going on, man. We're doing the same stuff. We're trying to get the kids to settle down and really kind of get into their studies, man. We got this semester left and it's going to go fast. So, uh, you know. Just trying to get their minds right, you know? Oh, I can dig it, man. You know, I, you know, me, myself, you know, I'm just, uh, you know, chasing this little girl around and, you know, you know, just she's bringing me, you know, stuff that, that gets colored every day at school and, you know, <laughs> enjoying, you know, getting, you know, those gifts of a uh, little beads that she makes at school and things of that nature, man. So it's, right. it's, a, it's an, ex- an exciting time. It is, it is, man. It's mm-hmm. always good. Keep all that stuff, maybe. I, I, I ain't keeping all of it because I get it every day. <laughs> nah, it ain't, it ain't yeah. Only one needs to go on the refrigerator, not yeah. a, not a <laughs> whole canvas. <laughs> this the best you got? All right, this the one. Yeah. What about you, Earl? All right, but no, seriously, uh, enjoy the time because it goes real fast, and all you have is memories. So enjoy. That's the what. The, oh, you know what? What? What have you been watching? Hallmark, Earl? Is that what's good? <laughs> hey, man, I, I'm the OG, man. I don't get those little gifts no more. I get you know report cards and sign this, and I need permission to do that, and yeah. Okay, so, you know enjoy what? With, 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 with respect to that, absolutely, I'll, I'll, yeah. I'll do it. Absolutely. No, no, but uh, we were talking what the uh, what we were talking about uh, going over this rip, man. You, you all know it was like talking about stages of fatherhood, seeing as how you know I'm here at the beginning. My my children are small. See, your children are you know teenagers in high school, and Earl obviously has the the more grown up kids, man. You know, do you all have any uh any insight into to you know the journey that you've had thus far? I mean, you all certainly out in front of me but what do you got opening what do you got to say um well i'll go man it's it's been a hell of a ride thus far yeah uh, the biggest thing that i would say that you would have to get used to um from your kids transitioning into being teenagers is uh as they get older they fool with you less and less uh, <laughs> you know, they got their other interests they got their friends they got school they got you know, they if they're working, they got jobs, they got so many other things to worry about mm. as opposed to spending time with you. 
But, you know, I, I think one of the biggest jobs uh, of, a, of a parent of teenagers, man, is to incorporate anything that you can in order to spend time with them, find out what their likes are, find out what their interests are, uh, sure. trying to just get into the business as much as you possibly can, because really it's one of the most pivotal times to spend as much time with them as you can. So you can find I out. I think that's a, a very interesting choice of words there, Sebron. Would you like to uh, elaborate and get in their business as much as you can? As much as I possibly can. <laughs> and, you know, I'm walking up on conversations. I'm picking up phones. I'm doing all kind of stuff, bro. So You know what? That Real talk, man. I'd like to sit here for a second, if you don't mind, man. I was thinking about, you know, once, you know, once the kids get all, get along farther along, man, would you be uh, opposed to, like, random checks? I mean, not unlike a prison, but still, you, you got to, I feel like you got to pay attention because, you know, you contraband. We all know what that is. Yeah, oh yeah, 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 man. A little bit of everything, man. Just glide into their room sometimes, man. Flip a few things around, man. Find out what's going on. Cause really sometimes, man, you are uh you're hoping that your kids aren't into anything funny. You know mm. what I'm saying? And that hope can kind of mask what the reality is, man. That's a yeah. lot of different dangers out here at school. Yeah. A lot of people in your kids' ear talking to them, friends that you may not care, you know, care too much for. Um, so yeah, man, you know, it's your yeah, job. It's, it's, it's your job to be in their business. Uh, mm -hmm. I'm not telling you that they don't um deserve some type of privacy. privacy. Of course, you know, of course. You know, of course, every human being does. Yeah. Um, but that doesn't mean turn your back to you know things that you know you went through in high school and were offered in high school or proposed in high school. Um, so man, be as visible as you possibly can in your in your teenagers' lives. Earl the OG. Yeah, uh, enjoy the journey, man. Cause once you, you know, once you're out of it, you're out of it. Um, I, I absolutely, I didn't necessarily do the random checks, but if I got a wild hair up, I'm like, yeah, hey, what's going on? Let me see what's going on. You know, mm -hmm. sometimes I just go in the kids' room and if they move too quick or start hiding <laughs> stuff, I'm like, hey, you know, you don't <laughs> the mattress today, sir. What, what's going on, you know? Hey, what about that infamous, you walk in the house from wherever you came from, you go straight to your room, like, uh-uh, what's going on? What's happening? Yeah. Let me see your eyes. What's happening, bro? Give me a hug, son. Yeah, what you smell like, man? What your breath smell like? I'm smelling your hair, all that, because, yeah, we know the signs. But like Steve said, you absolutely have to be there because, I mean, in this age of edibles, man, I, you know, kids can be slip things, and they don't even know what it is. They It's disguised as candy or treats. Packaging nowadays looks like a bag of Skittles, a bag of Starburst, a bag of all those things, man, to a grown man like myself that grew up eating that type of candy. I, you pick it up, man, if you're not really paying attention, man, it looks just like any other bag of candy. And those things are done sometimes in school, just like a lot of us know, that peer pressure, man, like, hey, you want some candy, you want some gummy bears, you want some this, you want some that, Yeah, you won't know what's happening. And like I said, again, like we know, you could take one or two of those things, man, and have never taken it before, man, it could really mess you up. So yeah. make sure you're not uh, teaching your kids about drugs. You are educating them on what it looks like and what, you, what to do when they come into a situation like that. I tell my kids not to take anything from anybody. You know, that that that's, that cuts all that out. Just don't take anything. Anybody offer you some candy, this, that, or the third, you don't know what it is. Just say no thank you and keep it moving. Mm. but sometimes these are their friends these are your you know your cohorts what do you do with them you know that's why it's good to educate them like hey what's going on you got to ask the right questions right you yeah know? right 
It's tough okay. being a kid nowadays. Uh, I mean, yeah, hey, listen, absolutely. You know, I, you know, certainly I'm, I'm glad that's all behind me. But, you know, uh, getting back to the uh, the point of uh, stages of fatherhood, man, I just, uh, you know, I was just, we, we started to, to bring this up and talk about this. And, you know, I did a little uh, reading online and I ran into this article that talked about the three stages of fatherhood. And uh, I'll go over that with you guys now. Um, it says, stage one, that's my dad. And this dad protects, provides for, and the dangers are easily recognized with this dad. So I feel like that's probably the, the more of the Herman Trass of, of, of the three of us. That's my dad, stage one. Mm -hmm. um, and then it goes, then it, the article skips to stage three, which says, what do you think, dad? And it says, adult children appreciate dad's wisdom and insight. And, you know, I'd, I'd have to say that's more Earl's wheelhouse. You know, his, his having his adult children. Um, I don't think they're to the point where they they would appreciate his wisdom and insight as much. But further on down the line, when you know they start to get into some real adult situations, i.e., jobs, careers, long term relationships, things of that nature, that's when you know Earl will you know have his 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 season. Um, and it goes circles back to the last stage, which is the second stage. But we're talking about it last, and it says that dad. That's the the title of the second stage, and it says. And bear with me, fellas, because it's going to be kind of a long one. Mm -hmm. It says that dad requires discipline and determination. He sticks to his values, saying no when necessary. He allows his children to experience both success and disappointment. That dad is determined to teach his children to earn their privileges and to enjoy the satisfaction of a job well done. That dad knows human nature, that circumstances can change, and that life can disappoint. That dad knows about the power of accepting responsibility for a mistake and the need to make amends. He knows to stand behind or next to his child and knows when to intervene, listen, or to correct. That dad knows his own physical strength and the self-discipline to use it wisely. So obviously by process of elimination, that's more severe than anything, right? Yes, I'd say so. So what 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 say you guys about this, the three stages of fatherhood? Um, it seems apropos, man, because uh you know, you're kind of just describing, um, you know, the uh, the rise of a father. You know, you 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 start in one place and put yourself in a situation to where it's uh, you're probably a little tentative, man. You're probably really mm -hmm. just trying to feel your way through this. Yeah, uh, and, and you gain momentum and you gain courage and you gain wisdom throughout the mm -hmm. entire process. No so, doubt. As you get to the point where you are at my point. Uh, you feel like you've had a little time on the job and you get a little bit more confident, man. But um, best believe there's a lot of fears to come with this this phase as well. So, Oh, absolutely, man. I, you know, I, I can't tell you. I was scared of everything at, at the very beginning. You know, right. I was like, hey, how am I going to do X, Y, and Z? And, you know, I still don't We have an explanation for how I got that done. But right. here I am, four right. years later. Absolutely, yeah, and, you, and it never really stops. You, I'm constantly worried about my kids and how good of a job I did because I'm at the tail end of it so now it's like they're taking a test the test of life to see hey did they receive the message are they giving it back or are they going to still you know let life slap them on the hand a time or two before they actually oh that's what dad meant you know so it's scary at all stages it, it hmm. never really gets any lighter or easier well like I said let's break this thing down into uh thirds as as we are want to do sometimes well uh, I'll take the uh 
first spin. Mm-hmm. We'll run over to uh, Sebron, of course, and then we'll close things out with Earl. Is that all right? Let's do I'm it, man. Sure. All right, man, we're going to talk about this first stage of fatherhood here. This is usually, you know, the infant years, the adolescent years, some of the most fun years um, through my recollection. Herm, man, how is life treating you, man? First time father, you got, got a young lady that you're taking care of and loving and raising. I yep. mean, uh, how, how's it going to, man? If someone asks you, you know, what does fatherhood mean to you, man? What, what is something that you, what, what would you respond? How would you respond with that? What does fatherhood mean to me? I mean, I just, you know, I'm kind of old fashioned in that, you know, I want to protect and provide for, you know, not just her, but also her mother and anybody else that should come along. Mm-hmm. Um, I just, you know, I feel like, you know, I, you know, when it comes time for a, a male's perspective, whatever that may mean, you know, mm-hmm. I feel like I'm, I'm parent A, you know, mm-hmm. and I, I, I can hop in the mix that way. And, you know, and I could share with, I'm at a point where I always try to share with her, you know, what, what little I know about this life, man, I could tell her some things definitely, but, you know, I feel like, you know, I'm, I'm always learning as well. Uh, but, you know, I, I just, I just have fun with my, with my little girl now, you know, I just kind of try to be inside her world and, you know, just kind of watch her and guide her. And, you know, it, it's fairly, at the end of the day, it's tiring, but it's fairly simple. I will say that. Okay, Herm, you said you were uh, old school at heart, Midwest, born and bred, you know. You moved out to the West Coast, and you have a young lady entering school. Mm -hmm. Um, It's a lot of liberal um, ideas out West. So how do you feel about some of these, uh, (laughs) you know, your young lady is joining the school district. How do you feel about some of the things that are going to be taught in these school districts, i.e., critical race theory you know some of the sex ed that they're trying to push off on kids at an early age yeah Just talk to us about that well you know what man you know here's my philosophy you know i you know i hope my wife shares the, the, the same way of thinking is that you know we just we're gonna we're not gonna try to steer her one way to the next i mean when it comes to sexuality or anything like that you know we have a belief so you know we're we're really gay friendly as, as a family is concerned, we're, we're pretty gay friendly. Uh, we don't we're so much have a, a problem with that. You know, we come from the uh, the old Rust Belt with the old mm-hmm. Christian morals and values. But you know, I, I feel like I've I've come to a place where I'm I'm a little more, you know, a little more tolerant of you know alternative lifestyles. You know, and right. that's kind of where I am with that. Uh, critical race theory. I I feel like I've been this color my whole life, man. I, I'll I'll be able to educate her on on that i think on that end you know they don't they won't have to you know cr- cram anything down our throat as far as a race i feel like i'm i'm going to be the first line of defense i'm going to make it my point to be the first line of defense when you know she needs to understand blackness and what exactly that means that's beautiful beautiful right. you got to yeah. teach them there yeah i think it's very important that especially our girls hear how beautiful they are from their dads that way oh, it's not yeah. foreign when some young guy runs That's, up on them like oh yeah ooh, you ooh, so very true. absolutely you know what earl that you make a, a fantastic point that i didn't touch on at all but you know certainly i mean i feel like this dad thing as it certainly as it pertains to girls it's like we're basically going to set the standard for these girls you know it's like 
if you know it's what dad did for mom or if it's what dad did for me you know it's like hopefully she won't accept anything less you know yeah yeah depending on what her tastes are and and everything like that but i just i hope as far as a a level of how she's treated she'll she'll stay in the same wheelhouse as you know what dad did or better you know because you know baby she'll do a lot better than dad because you know dad's got warts we have to Set the, the bar high. Yeah. <laughs> so that they won't be low ball. Absolutely. Absolutely. So it is our duty. Mm. Very true. Very true. I mean, we could all, you know, at the end of the day, what well, we leaning back on that old the old cliche from Chris Rock was your first job is to keep her off the pole, brother. Absolutely. Absolutely. Which, you know, I'm okay with that too, because you know, you know, but still, but not always the, you know, I'm not gonna encourage her or discourage her either way. Cause you know, hey. Man, that's not. That's just not exactly what you're shooting for. But <laughs> that ain't what I'm aiming for. But you know, hey, yeah, you want to re reshift the focus. Yeah, yeah. exactly. You know, definitely do. We definitely do. We, speaking on the lighter side of things, um, yeah. the having fun with your daughter and enjoying yeah. your daughter and teaching her different things, man. Let's jump to the other side of it, man. Okay. What does being a disciplinarian to your daughter look like? You know, we we as fathers kind of sometimes have to play the role, uh, you know, bad cop, good cop, you know, with mm-hmm. our spouse. Yeah. Co-parenting. Um, are you the bad cop more times than not? Do you Are you the neutral role or do you really kind of try your best to set the tone as far as being a disciplinarian to your daughter? You know what? It's it's a it's a delicate dance. It's a fine line. Any cliche you can think of. Um my wife and I always try to present one united front, man. So right. there's no need for the bad cop, good cop thing. Okay. It's just like, Hey, the message from one of us is the message from both of us. You know, even if it's, even if it doesn't line up, Hey, me and you'll talk about that offline. Right. As for right now in this moment, while we, mm-hmm. while we're teaching mm-hmm. me and you lockstep always, right. That's the message. Um, That's the way to go. So, but you know, I, I, you know, I'm, you know, I'm usually pretty an easygoing guy and you know, I'm pretty silly with my little girl, but you know, then there are times when I need to, I need to face up with her where we need to turn the silly off. And it's like, Hey, I try to put her in the space of, yeah, we were being having fun here. You need to look me in my eyes, set your shoulders, look at me. This is, I'm teaching how this is, this is something different. That dad is over here. This is a different dad. We're doing this and you need to listen to these things. We can go back to this, but in this moment, I need you to understand because I'm telling you something that'll, you know, help you save your life, whatever it is. Right, right, right. So in tune with that, man, like, uh, I don't know if there would be a difference for you or not, but do you feel like that she's been able to test your patience a lot or how has she most tested your patience? You know, because not not only her being your your daughter and being a young lady, you know, but she's, you know, she's a little girl. So she probably has all the, the the special formula to really touch dad's spot and be like, hey. <laughs> See, let me ask you a question. Have right. you ever been asked why five times in a row? I have. Sometimes okay. 10. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You know, then you know what's, I mean, like, you know, listen, I haven't choked her one time. God help me. <laughs> but when you get the six out of those 10 whys, you, yeah. you know, your ears start to twitch. You're like, oh. Yeah. Your, your can, left, left eye starts to twitch a little bit. Like, look. Can, can you just do what I said, please? <laughs> please. <laughs> Have you formulated the look 
for your little lady yet? God, because God, I would always yes. give them the, the, the eyebrow from the rock and they already know, okay, dad's had enough. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, you know, yeah, I got that. I got that working. I, I, I do. I do that. Yeah, yeah. Okay. okay. Yeah, hang in there, brother. There's gonna be a lot more days like that, but hang in there, man. That's what's up. Absolutely. Like I said I got zero complaints. I feel like I hit the lottery as uh as it pertains to children, man. You know, like you know, hey, she's she's my heart and soul, love her to death. And mm-hmm. you know, don't think I could have done much better than I did. I love it, man. That's what's so, up. as far as discipline goes, I uh I'm kind of older and seen it. And I'm tired of answering questions and telling them 15 times to stop, do this. So I'm kind of at the stage where I kind of let them warm up to the stove a little bit. You know, I told you it was hot. Yeah. So go ahead and touch it. That, that's where I am. You know. <laughs> Life can teach you faster than I can any day. So yeah, yeah, I guess. Are you at that point yet? <laughs> you know what? I, you know, there's there's situations here or there where it's like, okay, go ahead. But then there's obviously situations where it's like, okay, this thing will chop your finger off. Yeah, so I'll I'll help you out on this end. But you know, you get tempted, like, okay, after you said things a couple times, you're like, all right, I done told you. (laughs) (laughs) You know, know, I'm getting there, man. You know, slow and steady, but you know, I want her to have. I want to get her to 21 with all working limbs. So, you know, basically. Right. All right, see. Um, so you have two teenagers and um, I just want to know what does dating look like for your son? I put a number on it. I put 16 on it. Um, I told that to both of them. My son is 16 now, but he's not really looking to date right now. My daughter's 15 and I, I also let her know, like, uh, you know, when we're talking about boyfriends or dating or boys I like or whatever the case may be, you know, to me, a boy is non-existent unless he meets me. So you, he, she can't really come to me talking to me about, hey, dad, such and such is going to come pick me up. Who is that? I don't know who that is. Unless he comes across my path, meets me, we have a conversation and have an understanding, uh, he doesn't exist to me. Write that down. Write that down. <laughs> Now, like I said, at the same thing, at the same time, we all know how kids work because we were once, we were all kids at one point in time. We're going to be doing stuff that our parents not going to know nothing about, seeing people that our parents don't know nothing about. Um, But I just hope that if I'm consistent with my message, uh, that she'll understand why I'm doing this and kind of, you know, be in alignment with how I'm teaching her to be. I can't help but notice that you talked for a long time about your daughter dating boys, but you didn't speak a lot about your son dating girls. Because I'm more worried about my daughter. The lines of communication with my son are wide open, at least now. So he doesn't feel any type of way about coming to me about stuff. If he has something going on, I know he's going to come to me. I don't feel as confident about that about my daughter. So I have to be better as far as having those lines of communication open because she's uh, she's a little bit more <laughs> uh, <laughs> she's a young lady she's a young lady oh, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. She, she, she's a little bit less willing to come and tell me dad uh, I have a crest on such and such dad uh, somebody asked me out to go to the movies or something of that nature because she thinks that I'm going to uh, be angry with her or explode and that's not true I just need her to understand that we need to have a conversation about things and I need to be able to trust her and my son uh, with whatever 
uh, endeavors with boys or the opposite sex is going to look like. So, are the scales of justice going to be balanced? As far as I'm concerned, they will be. Okay, but I'm make sure. But but but, but <laughs> in no way, shape, or form do I apologize for those two things being different between my son and my daughter. You know, every, oh. some, sometimes ladies going to be like, "Oh, it should be the same." No, it shouldn't, because it's not. It's not. <laughs> it's, not the, it's not the same. You know, it's it's not the same at all. Wait a minute. Uh, are, you, are, you, are you gonna you gonna go ahead and stand on that too, Steve? Yeah, I'm standing on it till the till the wheels fall off of it. I sure will. All right, I see. He you. is an unmarried man. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I'm gonna be honest with you. I, I thought that way going into the whole dating situation. My son was first up, um, and it didn't pan out for me. My, my wife said, "Whatever president you set with him, mm. your daughter's gonna follow." And I said, "Okay, so let me reel this thing back." You know? Yeah. yeah. So, no, I, I, I'm not looking to give my son the keys and be like, have fun, son. Come back whenever you want. That's not right. what I'm looking to do. I'm going to set the same perimeters for both. Um, but it's just going to look different. It's just going to look different. And it might look it might look different to my daughter. She may think that I'm showing some kind of preferential treatment towards my son when in all actuality, it's going to be the same. She just is going to think so, because just like now, she feels like I'm more uh, watchful. I have more of a watchful eye with her than I do with my son. And that's not true. I'm watching both of them like a hawk. So, you know, because that's <laughs> hey, my job. My biggest thing with teenagers is sex. Is, uh, <laughs> you know, you want to keep the girls from getting pregnant. You want to keep the boys from getting people pregnant. I feel like, you know, once it's that time for me, that's going to be the big thing. It's like, oh, my God, how do we stay away from teen pregnancy? Uh, how do, you know, how do we teach these kids how to, conduct themselves with police but more importantly sex have you had that those types of discussions with your kids about sex and about consequence and things that have you told them stories about you even i'm curious i haven't told them very many stories about me but i have broached the conversation i have broached the conversation man and seeing that earl knows and you'll know here soon you have a young man and a mm. young lady you have a boy and a girl now so yeah. you'll be able to kind of find out yourself how to differentiate between the two as far as what kind of advice to give them. Um, with my son, um, I kind of just give him the game spoonful by spoonful mm. uh, because there's a lot to it, you know, and I think it all depends on what age you are, where you're at in life um, is pretty much what you can do with it. Cause if I gave him everything that I know, he'd, he'd be confused. Hell, I'm still confused sometimes. So <laughs> I, I try to give them all. I try to give them all that I can, man, little by little. And uh, he knows that kind of the lines of conversation, of communication, are wide open, and we can conversate about anything. With my daughter, I feel totally different, and I'm not afraid to say so. My daughter is under my protection until someone else is willing to come along and, you know, take over from where I took I left off. And, you know, that may sound a little bit old fashioned, but that's just kind of how I feel. I feel like, you know, it's up to me to protect her and make sure that she's cool until another young man is willing to come along and uh, we can all agree upon him being the right person for the job. Now, I know it might not end up being that cut and dry, but that's what I want for my daughter and for my son. Let me circle back to something that you said earlier, see, um, yeah. you were talking about giving your son the game and I'd like to turn that over and mm -hmm. talk more specifically. And this is to both of you about mm -hmm. giving girls the game and how right. important that is, because guess what? Mm 
young man, a young man, you know, we, we've been the same for thousands of years. What happens when, you know, the Dayton thing goes down and you start to see those, those old plays from your old playbook, you know, how we, uh, <laughs> like, you know, is it like, Hey, listen, I'm going to break this little girl's heart myself. And, you know, am I going to, am I going to give it a kid gloves or how, how do we approach that fellas? Please. I want to know for myself. Um, your mom, your dad, grandpa, somebody told you one day, uh, um, how bought sense is the best sense. And it's going to be certain, it's going to be certain things that they'll have to learn on their own. It's going to be certain lumps they're going to have to take for themselves. I can tell you all day long, you know what I'm saying? I, I can tell you, hey, this is going to happen. And I can frame it in a such a way that step by step, it is going to happen exactly this way. And they still not going to listen. So that sense that's bought, you know what I'm saying? That's, that happens throughout time. Um, I'm, sometimes you're going to have to stand back and kind of allow certain things to happen, even when you see it uh forming right there in front of your eyes man i don't know what you think about it earl yeah um you have to definitely give them a game they need to know you don't want them out there like what nobody ever told me and i didn't see that one coming at least you know they're gonna go through it but at least if they know about it they can say you know what i should have saw this coming somebody told me prepared me for this you don't ever want them to be blindsided um i try to give it to them i you know of course, age appropriate. I tell my oldest child, hey, this is what you need to be looking for. And it's no, um, it's all raw with her. You know, my teenage daughter, I kind of spoon feed her like, ah, you might want to be looking for this. But the older the kids get, oh, yeah, I'm, we're talking red flags. And why are you ignoring these things? So <clears throat> that's just kind of how I feel about it. Yeah, man, you know, uh, I'm I'm going to give them to the game as much as they will allow me to give it to them. And, as, you know, it's a difference, man. Like, if I were to have my father now uh, about a lot of different subjects, I would go to him and ask him and have be all ears and be like, okay, what you got? Uh, at 21, at 16, those teenage years, uh, you, you, you might as well be talking Chinese. They're like, yeah, okay. Yeah, all right. <laughs> Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna still do what I want to do. I, I appreciate the advice, mom, dad, um, but I'm still gonna do what I need to do. So I'm gonna give them the game as much as they allow me to. Uh, whether or not they listen, I don't know. We'll see. Hope so. They listen, but it's that respectfully listen. They like respectfully, right. I'm gonna listen to you, but right. you don't know what you're talking about. Right. It's application. You know, not yeah. just respectfully listen. It's application. I mean, do you have the? Do you have what it takes to? You know, hear the lesson in your ears and apply it in your life. Right. Despite you think, you know, you have this one picture, your parents says, hey, they've been my parents this whole time. And it's like, nah, we we've got a, you know, a wealth of experiences and, and stories to, to draw back on, man. We, you know, I, we've been out there, you know, dead wrong. We, you know, they said I, I can speak for myself. I should be long gone and dead for some of the stuff that I was on. You know, <laughs> it's, yeah. same here. Same here, man. A lot of stuff you sit back and think about, you be like, man, I don't know how I got away with that for as long as I was doing that. Yes. Got a praying grandmother. That's what it was. Yeah. <laughs> Somebody was praying for the babies and fools. And I was babies and fools. And I heard that a thousand times. Babies and fools, you know, but I appreciate the prayer because apparently I needed it. <laughs> I needed it. So, of course. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I get that game. Let me ask a question as well, Steve. I'm right. trying to figure out, you know, I, you know, I want to get into this. I know this is kind of, kind of spicy material, man, but how do you reconcile um, just 
how do you reconcile your situation with their mother? You know, when it comes to when you're speaking about the opposite sex to each one, how are you reconciling that with you know with your your uh your relationship with their mother? What do you mean? Expound a little bit for me. I'm just saying, you know, have a relationship with their mother, and like I said, I'm sure they have at least pieces of parts of of those occurrences. Right. They do. You know, when they ask you, or when you're, you know, when you're, you know, dropping knowledge about, you know, the opposite sex, man, I'm trying to figure out how are you doing that dance to 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 give them what they need, and kind of, hmm, I don't really know how I want to phrase this, but how no. are you? I mean, how how deep are you getting into your relationship with that mother when you speak to them? Mm, that's a great question, bro. I am. Uh, I'm giving them truth, uh, okay, piece by piece. Um, okay, there's certain things that I think that they need to know. Yeah, um, uh, when we reach certain levels of maturity. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, because I want them to understand that I'm not speaking from a level of you know I just know better. I'm speaking from a place of I've done this before. So mm. let me let me try to explain to you the things that Dad did wrong and the approach. Uh, that I had at that time and my even my mindset and how um, if I hadn't done this, this and that, that maybe things would have worked out for the better or things would have worked out better as far as his situation is concerned. Um, in a lot of different ways, man, I do my best to teach my kids from my failures and where I I probably did wrong and ask them, is there anything that you think that could have done better? Is there, you know, maybe we could have come in from a different angle or from a different space was I really angry when I you know combated that or when I said that um it's important to me to show them there's a better way to do it dad's not perfect and that's really where I come from like hey look let's just put in a situation that dad did this particular thing wrong you don't do that so let's figure out a better way to approach this situation so as they get older I give them bit by bit um where I went wrong yet. It's not my job to tell them where I think her mom went wrong, but where I went wrong. So. Okay. One more thing that I want to, and this is, you know, forgive me. I I hate that I come over here and I just ask you guys questions all day and all night, but I love talking to you guys and I I love the insight that you both have. Um, Preparation for college, Seaburn. What's Mm -hmm. what's that like? Uh, We try to start that as early as we possibly can. as far as the grades are concerned, you want to get them in the mindset of these grades, these scores are going to follow you wherever you go. We just had this conversation the other day, as a matter of fact. Sometimes it's this uh, half-hearted effort or, or this uh, lackadaisical thought process that sometimes kids don't think what I'm doing as a freshman or you know, I just started in high school, what I'm doing now really doesn't matter about anything. When in all actuality, it matters. Like, I just had a situation the other day that uh, I had an interview that uh, I had to recall and get my actual high school transcripts. So those things are going to follow you wherever you go. Um, That's as far as the uh, uh, application of grades are concerned. Now, as far as having the mindset of an adult and hopefully going, being able to go into a, a mature situation as a college student, and not be one of those kids that gets sent back after the first year. Um, that's my thought process as well, man, because I want them to go and have all those experiences and have all that fun and do your work and be able to stay there and, and 
you know, learn everything there is to learn, take in everything there is to take in. I don't want them to do anything that's so severe that they'll find themselves back home or not be able to be in school anymore. So it's a it's a light balance of making sure that school wise they're ready to go, uh, and that you know their mindset is in a place where um, they're looking to be productive <laughs> once they get there. I started having a conversation early as well, but it wasn't so much you have to go to school. It was it's school for you. Um, I wanted everybody to make a conscious decision as to what they want us to do with their lives, and then do I need school or do I need you know, higher education. You can find some, you know, they have Google certificates for IT now that people had to go four or five years in school, True. get tens of tens of twenties of thousands of dollars, you know, in debt before they figured out, oh, okay, now I'm in my career. So <clears throat> I told my son that, you know, with his career path, he didn't necessarily need to go to school. Now he chose to go to school and he chose to take on that college debt, but he learned quick, like, I don't need a college degree to live the life that he wants to live. So it took me a long time. I, I wasted a lot of time and money in college just trying to figure things out. So right. with my kids, I was like, we're going to figure this thing out. We're going to go to college fairs. You're going to get all the, the knowledge before you actually sign up for it. Right. Now, some of them chose to go. Some of them chose not to. My youngest is still in high school. She's still trying to figure that out. But I want her to know that this is what it takes. And I think it's good because her sister's in college now and she can talk about, you know, yeah, they have fun, but it's a lot of work involved. And if you want to stay in school, this is what it requires. So, right. Right. It looks different nowadays, uh, a lot of different ways. So um, just giving them the access to to know what it looks like if you're able to like like we did go on a college tour uh, that, that that got me kind of amped up and excited for school. Um, just give them as much uh, knowledge about it as possible um, before you get to your senior year. So you, instead of having uh, a choice, like, okay, this is what you're going to be doing because this is what you did for four years. Now you have options because you've done the things that you were supposed to do for those four years and you can exercise your options and not feel like you're being forced to one thing or the other. Sidebar, um, people are being blackmailed online for uh, footage, old footage of Freak Nick. So, uh, both of you two are on notice. I'm putting hey, you I'm and several other people hey, on notice. Hey, I told Earl to throw that shit away. <laughs> hey, we are marked safe, my friends. All right. All right. Hey, all right. We all know who we coming in if that stuff ever surfaced. I'm just letting you know that. <laughs> I told you. How much money you boys got? How much can y'all come up with by next Monday? <laughs> Because Herbert was always a photographer, if I'm not mistaken. He was always funny how that works. Yeah. <laughs> he was a smart man. Smart man. Yeah. I know where the bones are buried, damn it. <laughs> no, man. Um, but, but all seriousness, man. Getting getting those teenagers, man, uh, getting them get hits right before they leave the house, before the college stuff starts, is of the utmost important because, you know, at the end of the day, I wish my, my, myself, I wish we would have done some things a little differently than we did. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we have to pay those prices. Earl spoke, you know, eloquently about student loans, which I think now retrospectively is a racket. Oh, all day, <laughs> all day. We still talking about it and we in our forties, man. Still talking about <laughs> loans and crap, man. It's crazy, man. It's, you, you got a you got an actual mortgage before you got a mortgage, man. It's crazy, right? Yeah. You, know? you know what I'm saying? So mortgage in your future, right? It's crazy.
All right, Doug, man, let's jump off our Black Business Corner, man. Is there anybody that you'd like to shout out, man, and and uh, who's doing some great business in our in our community? Yeah, I um, I know a young lady who uh, sells health products for hair, okay. and it's not the typical stuff. It's uh, she has vegan stuff. So anybody dealing with struggling breakage, dryness, hair growth. Um, she can help you out with alopecia, dry scalp, um, dandruff. For the fellas out there, you know, you might got the 360s, but she can get your beard going real nice. I bought I was some beard uh, she got the oil. beard grow, man. She got the beard stuff, man. I'll be needing that, man. I'll be looking for that yeah. good stuff, man. Okay. Smell good. We got the tea tree oil, oil in it. Yeah, it's real nice. I bought her some. I don't even think I paid for the upgraded shipping and I got it within two days. So yeah, it, it was awesome. It was awesome. I love the way it smells. Uh, I mean, shining up real nice. So yeah, check her out. Her Instagram is the hair scientist lay, spelled T-H-E-H-A-I-R-S-C-I-E-N-T-I-S-T-L-A-Y. Check her out. She's often running promos. So on her page, you see a promo code, jump on it. What about you, Steve? Hey, man, I got something that we, we both got in common, man. I, I want to speak about Dr. Sharp. I want to speak about Alpha Health and uh, Wellness. Um, man, uh, maybe, maybe about a year and a half ago, um, I was having issues, man. I work with heavy equipment every day, man. I'm on my feet every day. And uh, instead of having to run it back and forth to the doctor all the time, I was looking for some type of relief. Uh, I went to go see Dr. Sharp, man. She got me right, man. She she applied all kind of different uh, wellness activities, man. She gave me a, a regimen of different stretches to do. She has all these different therapeutic things that she does to your back. And, uh, man, she, she hooked me up, man. So much so that I gave her, you know, I, I told you to go holler at her, man. What do you think, man, since you've been going to see her every, every now and then, man? What do you think about uh, how she gets down? Oh, uh, we talking about straightening? Yeah, she straightened <laughs> me out. Got me right together. Um, first time I got there, she uh we laughed about it because she said I need to do more stretching. So right. I started stretching. She put me on a regiment, you know, had a couple floor exercises. Then she started, you know, the adjustments, man, for like a million bucks. For like, you know, she took 20 years off my off my uh my life there so, uh, yeah beautiful facility beautiful family-owned business uh the receptionist right, right. yeah they'll, they'll take care of you man you know it's in a good neighborhood so check them out man yeah. she's not only a doctor she she gives you life advice you know she's well connected in these in these indianapolis streets you know she's a woman of of business and integrity and if you tell her anything she's like oh i got I know somebody that does this. I know somebody that does that. So always looking out for you. Not only your back. She got your back, but she got your back too. So and she is she is absolutely the plug, man. I definitely go holler at her. Uh, Alpha Health and Wellness, 2802 Central Ave, Suite C. Alpha Health and Wellness, 2802 Central Ave, Suite C. Check her out also on uh, Instagram, Alpha Health Indy. Uh, the buy in the bio, you can click on uh, something she has in there, which you, you can make an appointment or you can reach out to her again, Dr. Sharp. Um, she really hooked me up, man. She got me walking better, feeling better. Got my back, right. Uh, I really do appreciate it, man. So please go check her out, man. She's something special. You'll see when you get there. Absolutely. Right on.
I got a question. Um, yeah. So how do you how do you guys find a balance when when raising multiple kids? You know, they're all individuals. They have individual personalities. How do you find what buttons to push and what buttons to stay away from when you're dealing with multiple kids without seeing bias? That's right my close. Question. That's my advice. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I don't know, bro. I, 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 I do my best to be grounded, uh, and rooted in everything that it is that I want to pass on to them that I want to teach them. So I stay in a very neutral spot. So they know they both can come to me when it comes to do when it, when it's to do with anything, uh, or anything of that nature. Um, I say this a lot when I listen back at the other podcast, man, like, be available like have your be able to have your ears open at any given time because like you said every kid is different uh when my son when i was picking when i'm picking him up from school or when i'm picking him up from a practice or football practice or workouts whatever the case may be he is he's talking he's telling me what's going on at school he's telling me what happened at practice he's from top to bottom that's when he wants to talk that's when he wants to speak uh, my daughter is the exact opposite. Like, if you try to get anything out of her, like, how was school? She'll just shrug her shoulders, like, hey, it's all right, I guess. You kind of got to know when it's a good time to talk. She'd rather talk over dinner. She'd rather talk after she has a time to kind of rest up and chill out for a minute or two and then come back to the dinner table or later on that night. Then she's ready to talk. So, everybody is different. You just have to understand and embrace the differences between your children. And uh, and pay close attention, man. Be around and be cognizant of when they are willing to share with you when the best time is, because we're all human beings. We're all different. So um, just be rooted in that and be uh, a willing participant in the ups and downs of being the parent of a teenager. Mm, very good. Very good. I don't really understand the question. Say it again for me, Earl, please. Like, so you have multiple kids. <clears throat> you obviously, well, and they have multiple personalities. You don't want to discipline your son the same way you discipline your daughter, or you don't want to discipline the oldest the same way that you discipline the youngest. So how do you find a way to discipline everybody or even just talk to each other without being, without seeming biased? You know, you may have told your oldest several times not to touch this. And you may get aggressive when you tell her, don't touch it. But the youngest, you may say, oh, you know, don't do this. You know, it may be a gentle or parenting type situation. So how do you find a balance in that? You know, I'm going to say, I don't know. You know, just... <laughs> it's still new for you. It's still new for you. Right. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Things you're going to have to think about, though, because, yeah. you know. Yeah, just, hey, that's what this is all about. Let me know where the icebergs are, man. You know, I'm, I'm here to listen. Hey man, you know it's funny, uh, Herm. Uh, you and I have siblings. Uh, yeah. You know, you got sisters, and I have a sister and a brother. Yeah. Is yeah. it also fair to say, in conjunction with Earl's question, is it also fair to say that the uh, firstborn is going to be parented a little different than the than the youngest? And here's the I've had this discussion just yesterday. Is that the oldest? You know, just by by default, is is parent one A. You yeah. know what I mean? Right. <laughs> right. You know, that's just going to happen because, you know, parents get tired and, you know, they need support. And, they, you know, you're going to lean on that oldest when it's time. Like, see, think about when you were like 12 years old, especially when you started driving and stuff. You know, oh, didn't you yeah. have to, yeah. you had to take uh, 
Mary, you have to, yeah, yeah. pick you know, my sister up from school, pick her up from this, pick her up from yeah. that. <laughs> you're just, yeah. you're just a JV parent at that point, you know. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's exactly what it is. That's exactly what it. You know, it was funny, man. Uh, my youngest, my, my brother's the youngest, mm. uh, and he got away with murder. He got away with things that I would have never gotten away with. Hell, my sister wouldn't have got away with. Even still to this day that he gets away with. My sister and I always have the conversation. Like, we would have never been able to do that. Like, you know, it's it's just crazy, man. It's almost like uh, kids just kind of break their parents in, get them to the point where it is like, yeah, whatever, it's cool, go. I don't care. <laughs> As parents, we all get older. You like, you know what? I fought that fight with Sebrin and his sister. Uh, you, you can do whatever you want, sir. <laughs> We get tired, man. We get yeah, you tired. You do. My parents were the same way at, at the point you know, when I was ready to leave the house. My parents were like, hey, talk to us when the house is on fire and not before, okay? Just <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. As long as everybody's alive, keep it moving. Let's go. Yeah. I don't want to hear it. <laughs> yeah. Let's go. All right. I got a good one. Let me, let's start off here, Earl. Um, being an, uh, a parent of, of young adults, um, what do you see in your young adult children uh, that also that you also see in yourself? And you know, I guess a sidebar after that question is: it something that bothers you, or something that you you're happy as far as that they got from you? Um, sheesh. that is a tough question. Um, I like the the ambition that I see. Well, I see different things in different kids. Um, I, I like the way that a certain child of mine works and grinds, and it's it's not a problem to go after the things that they want. Right. And I, I really appreciate that. You know, that's a good sign. Um, I also see that he will <laughs> take plays. <laughs> you know, I'm sorry can't get him to do nothing but when it comes to work in situations like that no problem he's johnny on the spot but uh, i have to jump on him and get on him like hey i've asked you several times to go do this you know particular task and um i think it just gets i think it'll connect with him it wasn't until i got my own things that i started like okay i need to take the trash out before it overflows i need to clean the bathroom before it smells like a pig's now you know it's just certain things that come with your own ownership that you're like okay now i see while my parents were saying do this and do that and make sure that you come home on time so that you can prepare yourself for the day it's just right. those growing pains you know they're still really young and it's hard for me to relate because i was 20 20 years ago and the world has changed so, so much, you know, it's, it's almost like you can't even compare. So that's the biggest downside that I see, you know, my son, I might as well say it now. <laughs> <laughs> my, uh, my daughter in college, she is really, really doing well at school. I was never that type of student until the end where I was like, All right, you, you finally got there. Let's hurry up and knock yeah. this thing yeah. out. But she seems table. to have that drive early. And, you know, she's like, okay, four years, this is my plan. I'm going to get in. I'm going to get out. She's maintained an excellent GPA, mm-hmm. dean's list. I mean, she's doing great things. That's what's up. She's got, she got that bug way, way ahead of me, you know. So I applaud her for that. She, she has her goal. She sees it. She sees the target, and she's knocking it down. So. Mm-hmm. That's some of the things that, yeah, I really admire about her. 
Okay. Earl, man, um, we're talking about all these different phases of fatherhood from where Herm is, from where I am right now to where you are. How has your role as a role as a father changed uh, throughout the time, especially from possibly from being a teenager to a young adult? Now it's not really about grounding and, you know, putting people on punishment or anything of that nature. How has your role changed as a father from from, from this perspective where you are now? Man, I saw a really good comedy special by Earthquake on Netflix. I encourage all people to watch it. But he said something that just moved my soul. He said, as, a, as you become older in your parenting, you go from being a provider to an advisor. <laughs> Right. Right. <laughs> and you know the joke was kind of like all right back in the day i would pay for your things now this is i'm going to give you advice this is what i would do if i was you you know yeah. and i love being in that position like okay this is what you need to do this is what i would do this is how i would handle that certain situation i'm not here to just bail you out all the time no i need you to be able to critically think and get yourself out of these situations that you got yourself into because right. a lot of times what kids will do is they'll back end you They'll do all this stuff under the table and then be like, dad, you know, help me out. Oh, who were you listening to that put you under the table? Why didn't you pay your rent? Why didn't you do this? Why didn't you, you know, your lights are cut off. Why didn't you pay your light bill? Uh, because you didn't go to work. Why didn't you go to work? So now you want me to just cash you out? No, 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 no. We're going to start from jump. Take that tail to work. Right. Do a little overtime. Do whatever you got to do. Provide for yourself. Make sure that your bills are taken care of. That way your household is whole. I'm not here to, you know, gloss you over or bail you out all the time. No, I need to know all the details. How did you get in this situation so that you're not in this situation in two, three weeks? Mm -hmm. Because if all I do is just bail you out in a month or two, you're going to want me to bail you out again. I need to teach you how to stay out of these sticky situations. So mm -hmm. I am an advisor. <laughs> <laughs> they can come to me for money. And if it's, <laughs> if it's critical, I absolutely will help out. But I need to know. I'm going to ask a lot of questions. And I think that that was my mom. <laughs> That's my mom and me. Anytime I reach out for any type of dollar amount, what happened? How'd you get here? No, what? You didn't do this? You didn't do that? Ah, okay. Now I get it. I know you're asking for $50 for your light bill, but this story deserves $20 because you went to the club. You went and bought drinks. Remember that girl you had that date with? Oh, you shouldn't have done that. So Ooh. yeah, yeah it, 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 was, it was some hard stories. And I would, yeah, so. Yeah, yeah. That's kind of how you deal with it. I'm an advisor now. So you are the grand wizard of Oz. You're the man behind the curtain. Is what behind the, the curtain. Yeah. He's the coach, man. <laughs> I'm the coach, right? He's the coach. Yeah. I can't be the quarterback. I can't play the game. This is your life. You got to figure it out. That's what's up. I can help. I can put you in the best situation to win. But when, when the ball is snapped, the play is in you. It's on you. No doubt. That's a question I really want to ask you, man something that kind of sets you apart from the group right now is the fact that you're a grandfather, man. You know, congratulations on that again, brother. So being a grandfather, man, uh, that's a whole new phase of fatherhood, man. Exactly what does that entail for you? How does that feel? And how do you even approach it? Oh, that is fine. <laughs> <laughs> because you get all, you, you get to do all the spoiling and, you know, you get to take them on the play dates. I don't have to feed them every day. I can show up and spoil them, give them candy at McDonald's and take them back home or whatever. I'm like, hey, you know, I'm not responsible for the outcome of this one. You know? <laughs> not so much hands-on. Of course, you know, you're going to be 
responsible for them. But the the toolage that I point to the kids is what they have to point to them. I'm just there to, you know, they have to make the cake. I'm just there to put the, the sweet frosting on it, make everything fun, you know. So I enjoy being a grandfather. Absolutely. Oh my goodness, that's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> I can dig it, man. That is great, man. I look forward to that. Yeah. You find yourself uh, spending money on things that you never would. Like when my kids were growing up, I barely had money to do anything. But now we were at the uh, we were at Lowe's the other day, and my wife saw a truck that looked like my truck. She was like, "We should get this for Kobe." I said, "No problem." No problem. But before when I was going to Lowe's, I'm like, look, I got forty dollars and what I need costs fifty. So I'm trying to finesse somebody in it. Yeah, yeah. Either I can get this hammer or this bag of charcoal. Like I can't do both. I can't do both. (laughs) Exactly what he wants here. Yeah, I feel you. So it's so much fun. You know, you see little things and you just pick it up without even thinking about it. But that's because I didn't have to feed him. I didn't have to put, you know, cold medicine or whatever. I didn't have to get his winter coat. Right. Oh, whatever I do is just adding to it. Okay. It's, it's wonderful. Okay. Well, yeah, I appreciate everybody else for to listen to us, man. Check it out. This is Stephen Worthy. Aaron Treas. Earl Wallace. And this is Firm Fatherhood. Appreciate y'all. Peace, y'all.